Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Swim podcast. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 32 of Someone Who Isn't Me. My name is Daniel P. Carter. This is my pod and my guest on this one is Tobias Forge, the creator, songwriter and frontman of the band Ghost. When they were over here recently for their headline arena shows, I caught up with Tobias at his hotel and it was the afternoon before the show at Wembley Arena, which was a real big deal, obviously. It's interesting to note that it's only been fairly recently that Tobias has been doing interviews as himself, whereas before, all interviews about Ghost were done by a nameless ghoul, and his identity as the creative force behind the band was fairly shrouded in mystery. As you'll hear in this episode, this is something he, he enjoyed, because not only did it provide some mystery around the band, it also provided him with anonymity. He's a very smart guy, he's very introverted and also very driven and he's creatively and logistically involved in every facet of his band. We first met some time ago and I'd say in that period I've got to know him pretty well and each time we speak in a, in a work capacity I find him very eloquent, engaging and open. Over the course of this conversation we speak about the band's recent step up to arena headliners and the problems that that can create for a band with a big vision of how they want to present themselves. Then we talk about the nature of creativity and how Tobias doesn't want people to confuse him with the characters of Papa Emeritus or Cardinal Copia, the front persons of the band. We discuss the profound effect a childhood trip to the theatre had on his creative worldview with regard to the band, and he also hints at further explorations and endeavours. Uh, I should point out that the pod ends very abruptly at close to the one hour long mark because it was the first time I'd used my new Aston Stealth mics and was running them on Phantom Power appropriately enough. Um, and I didn't realise that the toll that would take on my recording equipment's battery. So just as we were about to get into discussing the situation of being a father in a touring band, it cuts off which is probably for the best, as he had 10 minutes left before he had to check out of his hotel room. But um, yeah, it does end abruptly, You, as you'll hear. Uh, so with all that in mind, please enjoy. This is Tobias Forge from Ghost. Starting off straight away, you're saying that now you feel like this tour in the UK is the point where you feel like there are clear signs that, as you said in air quotes, that you're making it, right? I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, from from a point of view where where my stance is very militant when it comes to our production, uh, there, uh, you know, with the risk of sounding like I'm 
sort of shitting all over the place, which is not really my intention, but for, for a production band like ours, uh, with the intention of bringing the same pr production and the same stage show to everyone, mm. um, there is this sort of level of UK touring that usually shudders <laughs> that that hits that in into smithereens yeah and that is the, the academy circuit basically yeah yeah yeah. because you have uh, brixton academy is huge really good you can yeah. play you can bring in a, an arena show there yeah. and there are other academies that are essentially completely useless and uh, when it comes to i'm not i'm not talking no, about but the, the restrooms yeah. or the bar or 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 the capacity i'm talking about the with stage yeah the size of the stage and the um with regard to to doing what you've always wanted to do yes and and a problem for us has been that unfortunately those places are quite large yeah the stage are built for like a 200 cap but the the venue itself is yeah. like uh like manchester academy is like a nightmare i'm sorry i'm sorry it is uh, because the stage is, is, is as big as it would be in a club for 300 people, hmm. but the venue itself holds like 2,000. So any band that is in that realm will end up playing there, yeah. <laughs> which is a nightmare if you're trying to yeah. to do a show. Well, that's so the thing, isn't it? Because I think, to your credit, there's not many bands that are at that level that have bigger picture at play that the show is going to be more than just four people on stage playing their songs right right um so that's to your credit and i think it's i think it's amazing that that you've willed this into existence in the sense that from the off this band has always been more than just a group of people on a stage playing songs right that was the point yeah yeah so now to be at the at the point where you're achieving and you're now talking about planning what you want to do with the next the next step it is incredible because because not many people do it you know we've spoken about this in the past and it's um the very nature of what you do with this band is incredible to me in the sense that the theater and everything behind the theater i think i think what you do is very very smart in the way that you you weave all these different elements together and people can appreciate it on so many different levels they can take it at a surface level and go yeah this is awesome like theater like hammer horror style or you can get into it more and there's there's way more depth for people that want it right but at the heart of all that aside from the theater is the fact that there are, are incredible songs thank you well that's all right but i mean because I don't know that it would be there if, if they weren't there, obviously. Which I think is funny, because when, when the band first came out, the initial thing, aside from when people first heard the records and, and, and the songs, everybody's attracted to and everybody's talking about everything that's got the theatre of the band, right? Mm. And I think that, that when people focus on that, you can miss the point that at the end of the day, a band has to have incredible songs. Absolutely, I know. This isn't really a question. This is just more of a statement, <laughs> right? But it's I, a conversation can... start. Is what I'm trying to say is that, um, yeah, I think it's it's fantastic that you've built the band in this way, and now, and now you can achieve all the things that you've you've set out from the, the st I presume from the start to to do, right? Very much so. I mean, we're still 
I still look forward to the next album cycle and its uh, accompanying tour cycle um, with the intention of achieving a lot of things that I've been wanting to achieve for maybe 10 years, hmm. production-wise. I mean, ideas you've that I've had. You've had since the very beginning that you've been working yeah. towards as a goal. I and, and just uh, just to sort of uh, uh, rave a little bit about something I, I did yesterday, which is pretty common when you're in London, but I've done it many times, and a lot of people have as well. I went to Phantom of the Opera again. Hmm. <laughs> I saw it the first time when I was 13, and I got one. I I think that that is the best musical ever made. I've never seen it. I'll say straight off the bat, so carry on. Oh, please, you have to go I see know, it. I know, I um, know. It's phenomenal. It's uh, And just to sort of rave about its uh, its excellence, it, it has hits in it. Like, you know, Music of the Night. Uh, obviously, the song Phantom of the Opera is, is, is a yeah. massive hit song. Um, but the, also the production is amazing and it even though i i uh, uh, i already intellectually knew this but i got very reminded of how much seeing that show when i was 13 influenced everything that i'm doing now yeah that's and, funny isn't it because i think it must have been such a profound thing but to go through to go through the whole thing of, of, of discovering heavy music and punk rock and metal um, and then playing in death metal bands yeah. to, and then at the back this whole time it's just been sat there like <laughs> right. well I guess that uh, I, I think probably a few friends of mine would probably uh, write it off as a control freak thing you know I mean I, I look I, I like ad hoc rock and roll as well yeah you know G.J. Allen is also entertaining or was um, but you know <laughs> I like it way. when it's like sort of a little bit more ritualistic a little bit more according to at least when I do it myself because I you know I, I like the um, yeah I, I think that the, the closest thing you know, the, the, if you if, if you are scratching your head looking at what we do as ghost if you don't like it fine you don't have to explore it more but if you're scratching your head in in awe <laughs> i think that one way to understand what i'm trying to achieve is to look at something like phantom of the opera hmm. like that is pretty much the the, the sort of yeah i'd say that that's is essentially what i'm trying to achieve it's 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 like an orchestrated um it's a show. Yes. Hmm. Stark, it's gothic, it's romantic, and it's musically overwhelming. I, I'd love for us to be that the same way that I think that Andrew Lloyd Webber's, a lot of his stuff is, but, but, but definitely The Phantom of the Opera that has all these strong songs. and Yeah. And um, That's funny, isn't it? Because, see, this is something that I've always liked about you is that you've you've kind of walked this line because when I was growing up and I first got into heavy music well music in the broadest sense when we were kids I think it was a lot more tribalistic 
So therefore, if you go into punk rock, Gigi, for example, mm -hmm. you couldn't like prog rock. Right. Right? Right. And the purpose that, and the reason some would argue that punk arrived was as a reaction to prog here in the UK anyway, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And yet, um, and yet that's, well, I think that's true of all artists, right? Um, be it Bowie or Manson or yourself or anyone along those lines. That tribalism was never there. It seems. I'm sure there were moments when you were growing up and you first got into certain bands that, you know, that's that's all you want to listen to and, and anything else is is bullshit, right? Mm. Was there that or were you always very open-minded with what you were doing? I was always very much open-minded, more so than, than I would um, sort of subculturally acknowledge with my clothing or my appearance. Yeah. Um, so you could listen to Napalm Death and Ava. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I was always, and, and this is a kind of funny, I guess now in hindsight, because um, I always attribute a lot of Ghost's oddities is because I, I always listen to different kinds of music, which is today in this not so tribal hmm. um, environment where people listen to a lot of different things and and the the fusion is is sort of accepted a lot of the um i'd say that a lot of um the things that made uh repugnant stand out a little back when when i was doing that was the fact that i was listening to so much other stuff yeah um and i i, I, I remember we when we uh recorded epitome of darkness uh the um uh, the studio engineer there he was uh, older than we were he was, he was born in early 60s old punk rocker guy and he was he was sort of pointing at a lot of my influences because he was like oh I, I hear the dead Kennedy's riff there yeah 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 and I hear that you, you listen to him because he, he was like school book example of an old punk rock so we could sit there and talk about the damned and yeah. you know all the, that stuff and you know even though punk is, I guess, closer to the sort of death metal that we were playing. But there were so many influences in there that came from classic rock and, and hmm. pop music. But people never, ever, ever, they won't find it because it's very hidden. Yeah. But if I, if I, told, if I sped it down and if I showed you, like, this is actually taken from yeah. this. Yeah. And here you got that drum beat. That's Adam and the Ants, and that 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 would be yeah. uh, Nick Kershaw, or that would be. That's awesome, isn't it? Know. I think that's funny though, because I, I think that's the nature of making art. Is that um. Is like there'll be times where I'm writing something, and 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 it's totally come from me having listened to somebody else's work, right? Mm. And uh, and you're almost embarrassed for someone else to hear it because you're like oh they're gonna clock this immediately mm. but but once something has run through the filter of of what what anyone does you know you'd hope that it is it's so far removed you, you without even in a conscious way it's just become its own thing right do you know what i'm saying oh, but, of course as, yeah. as, a, as a songwriter you, you yeah. have to go through a little bit of purging sometimes where you have to sort of uh, alter it because it might be a little bit too close to the source yeah uh, but then 
yeah, unless, as you said, unless you were to actually sit down and point those things out, people wouldn't have made that connection anyway. No. And sometimes, also, it's... Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I hate to break the magic, to break the spell of the magic of songwriting. I, uh, you know, sometimes you can mathematically mm. sort of alter something um, in order for it not to be infringing. A lawsuit, yeah. Right, because yeah. it's, uh, at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, there are only, what is it, eight notes? Yeah. Uh, there are just X amount of, of uh, drum beats that are uh, <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. Uh, and if you just want to write, uh, like, original music, then you can end up in, in, in you know, the weirdest moments of King Crimson. That's original. Uh, but it's it's fun if, if it's if it's done by Fripp for half a minute um you have to sort of what do you call it, like turn to certain uh elements that might be regarded as standard and yeah uh, um, well this is the thing with art right i think that to to view music as as art which it is and yet the the problem with that is from a visual artist perspective right you can you can go to the classics, you can repaint famous paintings, you can work in someone else's style to achieve your own thing. And that's fine because you're working from a lineage and it's accepted because that's art history. But within music, because we are constantly surrounded by music, it's almost almost devalued from from the, its point of being art, I think. And that's fine because, you know, it's great that we can have our everyday soundtracks as we walk into a store and they're playing whatever is currently in the top ten. That's cool. Mm. But there's some really artful music within the top ten. Maybe not. Yes. I mean, you know, you could have the old guy debate and go, well, it's not like when, when I was younger. Um, but because of that, it almost, you don't view music in the same sense. So when you do refer to the classics within music it's it's considered almost like it's viewed with disdain whereas within our other art forms it's viewed as working within a a hierarchy and a legacy of art do you not do you think do you think that's true or am i just talking rubbish mm, no it's not rubbish I'm, I'm just trying to um penetrate what you're saying um uh I think there's a fine line, obviously, between paying homage and plagiarism. That's oh, that's oh, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but I think that what what I, what I was getting at my my sort of train of thought was a little bit more that I believe that sometimes uh, people writing music, uh, especially when you're 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 interested in more eclectic music and you might be more interested in in music that aren't necessarily made to sell. A lot, yeah. You're you're not trying to be commercial. I think that there is a fixation that you need to sort of reinvent the wheel. Hmm. Where if if you regard um, if you compare um, if you can compare me, I like compares comparing music or my work 
with everything that comes with it. I like to compare it with different other trades, just in order to sort of get a better grip of 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 of, of what it means to be like in my case a touring musician who who yeah. basically caters to uh, our <laughs> customers for lack of a better word, but yeah. to cater to our fans, not to disappoint them and to entertain them because I am here to entertain. Hmm. Uh, the same way that a chef who owns his restaurant is there to feed people with pleasurable and enjoyable food. Yeah. Um, but if you if you regard music a little bit like poetry, poetry is made up of words, and in order to make most poetry understandable, you use words that you people know what they mean. Yeah. Um, and if you want to like spice it up a little bit, you might use rhymes because it makes it a little catchy. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but I mean, there there are just so many words that you can use. Yeah, and words are used every day by people. Some people are more poetic than others, and some people put it together in little haikus and rhymes and jokes and yeah. And I think that you you should regard music as a similar thing. It's like it's it doesn't have to be super complicated. Hmm. And is that something that you've come to terms with? over your musical career i have to come to term with come to terms with that every time i write a song basically. yeah because over the over the course of my um uh career if, uh, even the, the the not so successful career but over the course of time over over the time spent in bands trying to make music that moves people mm. or have or may have not moved people is uh, that the goal though to move people that or, i think i think that that is the the most quintessential um um result like the 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 essence of what i'm trying to do yeah i mean obviously now i am i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a businessman who have to take care of 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 business of course yeah um but it all it would have been all for nothing if it wasn't for the uh, the the essence of trying to create emotions yeah i am that that's why i, I, I was, mean, I was yeah. also reconnecting with with the with the, the 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 sort of the source by going to phantom of the opera yesterday hmm. to know that this is exactly not that i had forgotten about it but it was a, it was very reminded clarification oh yeah. yeah this is this is because i'm i'm bawling at the end hmm. and and i'm in awe of the music and the emotions of, of this and the story and the, the phantom and i fucking ha hate raul yeah he sucks <laughs> i don't want to applaud him yeah. poor actor <laughs> you know uh sorry i, I was uh, I, I cut you off sorry no 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 it's fine i was just thinking about um the kind of the, the trade-off well no it's not a trade-off at all actually between artistic expression of making things for yourself and being driven to make those things and the intention of wanting that th that thing that you make to actually move other people which i guess they're they're totally aligned obviously but um oh i was uh, uh, sorry for cutting you off now i remember what i was going where i was going okay and sorry. what what i was getting Just to derailing each other's trade yeah, 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 yeah but i i have a hard time keeping the uh, me too you know uh thoughts um what I was getting to was that um, ever since I started 
playing music, the first records that I really started biting, um, meaning that I sat, I sat with my guitar trying to play uh, not exactly what they were playing, but I was playing along to the music. Hmm. Um, and that is one of the reasons why I'm not as much of a guitar virtuoso that I wanted to be, because I, uh, I always ended up playing my own sort of stuff over others, other people's music. Uh, instead of like biting every Eddie yeah, Van yeah, yeah. Halen lick that is, um, and one of the first records that I I, I started doing that to was uh, uh, my first um, the first Pink Floyd record that I owned was A Nice Pair, which mm-hmm. was the first two Pink Floyd records. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of that has colored my writing mm-hmm. immensely. Um, because listening to that and the doors yeah. stuff like that early on sort of made me completely aware of the fact that you can write it, it you can write songs that are different to strutter that I was also like playing along to yeah you don't have to be in the standard format of, 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 of and a lot of my writing is very influenced by Pink Floyd and uh, the doors hmm. so I learned very early on before I even had a band that you can transpose the song midway through, like, no problem. Yeah. And ever since I started playing in bands, and since I played, I spent a lot of time playing uh, somewhat, I wouldn't say technical death metal, because it's like, obviously, there, there are now complete abysses mm. of, 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 of technical. But, but it was like odd time signatures, and you have to count a little, and it was kind of smart. Yeah. That's still um, in my intuition in a way hmm. to try to be smart when I write and that's what I'm facing every time I'm trying to write a song yeah wrestling uh, the song away from from overthinking and yeah. being too clever with it right yeah trying to avoid the prog basically yeah <laughs> because I wanna <laughs> write weird things I wanna yeah. um, go technical and I wanna go um, complicated yeah so that therefore, I have to remind myself every time I write a song to like stay on point. Yeah. Be. But that's something you do really well. I think. I think you've you've found that balance, and and with the purity and the the simplification and clarity in a song, and songwriting, with proficiency and embellishment and. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to use those words actually because it just makes it sound like artisan and a bit like, look at me, I can do this. But, but to make something artful and yet still retain the core of a hooky, great song is a really difficult thing to do. And I'm sure you know I, you and I can list a ton of bands that do that, and that's why they're probably our favorite bands, mm. right? Yeah, I think you do that really well. But that's also, I think, something that I really enjoy about the theatre of it is the sense that you do that on a visual level and a thematic level as well, I think. It's, it's I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do, so uh, if that's any clarification. Because um, the arching narratives that, that have gone across the albums and, and all the subtexts and, and subplots within that, I think it's really clever to do that and, and to, to keep it so that people don't have to sit and study a ton of books it helps if they right. do because they'll find a bunch of other things within it all 
that will resonate with them. That's what I enjoy. But I can also enjoy the fact that there's the, you know, the more surface level of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, that what what we're sort of touching upon now is the the uh, de- almost decade-old argument whether or not we're this or that or the other. Hmm. Um, I guess so, yeah. And, you know, I... I you know and and also because we come from a sort of a subcultural um a very established um subcultural um myriad of genres sort of intertwined with punk rock and death metal and black metal and and everything in between yeah. and some of it being extremely especially nowadays has been you know is, is sort of regarded as almost highbrow sort of culture very intellectual and yeah. all that which was which where it did definitely not, did not start if we say that the originators of, of of punk rock and black metal is sort of venom and the damn sex pistols uh it was not very intellectual it was kind of a little bit Super more nihilistic yeah very very Just a middle finger yes yeah. very adolescent yeah, and uh, and and very tongue in cheek. Um, where was I going? Yeah, okay. So uh, with with that and with with having mentioned those two bands and Sex Pistols being one of my absolutely earliest life coaches in a way because my older brother it was one of his favorite bands, Dad and the Damned. Hmm. Um, and Sex Pistols obviously very visual, and they were very. Uh, uh, they were obviously exposed to to a to a completely different level than than a band like The Damned. Yeah. And uh, my favorite film when I was a kid, one of my favorite films ever, you know, was uh, the uh, the great rock and roll swindle. Hmm. And uh, so that's also a, a way to if 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 I were to argue, which I don't really have a like an inclination to do, because I I, I believe that criticism towards my band is is perfectly in place it's fine if you don't like it fuck it i'm fine with that yeah how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But 
um, I think it's important to understand that a lot of the humor in that and then a lot of the um, sort of tongue-in-cheek, light, lighter, more lighthearted um, uh, elements of it definitely comes from... In order to understand that, you need to understand that it's closer to Sex Pistols and Venom in, in, in terms of, yeah. of the fun element and the middle finger. And over the years of doing this, I, I think that one thing that I really am proud of when it comes to um, our influence on others is that I see now teenagers who came to our shows maybe five years ago were kids. Hmm. And they have themselves being, just because they like our band, they have started the path down and explored other bands yeah. within the the genres. <laughs> yeah. Which, and I like that. I, I like the fact that we are not everything. We are not an deeply intellectual uh, black metal band sort of that but we touch upon those issues yeah I think I think it's there's a lot I think it's very smart what, what's going on with everything but yeah I understand that to temper it with good humor and uh, like a knowing wink mm. is um, is vital because otherwise you can come across as very just dour and yeah just humorless you know for me i don't understand how you you can do anything without humor but 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 that's that's just me yeah <laughs> i think it's funny like uh, i've spoken to maynard a few times about things like that and it's just like you know tool especially having just put out this new record whether you like the band or not it seems that so often people miss the humor in it and it's such a vital part of what of what he does i think mm. you know and it, and it tempers the real bleakness and you know when you when you're making um when you make a record and i mean you where the overarching theme is mortality told through the the lens of the black death and the plague mm. it, it can be it could just be so bleak if you don't have, you know, you've got to have the peaks and troughs, right? You've got to flavor it. Otherwise, oh, yeah, of course. Side note, did you see there's just been two cases of the plague reported in China? I did, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's ever been <laughs> completely, uh, what's the word, eradicated? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's just that I think, uh, yeah, you just go down the clinical, medical route here i think it's uh, it's just one of those diseases that we are, we are now immune to here in the, in the western world i believe i guess so or or at least we can deal with yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think it sort of erupts more like a severe flu rather than like a killing and whereas i know that like the good old days right no 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 it's like it's all yeah, yeah it's completely more mainstream now <laughs> easily digested mainstream plague sorry i know nothing about yeah. So, uh, actually, I wanted to talk about the seven inch for a start. Oh, okay. Like, how how did that come about? Like the um, like the narrative is is brilliant. The way that that was you did, I'm assuming that came after the fact. 
sort of like how are we fitting this within the canon of what the band does or I know that you kind of think of everything like 3D chess and you've got all these different plans going on at once so I'm trying to remember um it's like how do we fit these kind of 60s go-go songs within what we do how do how does that work you know I had since years ago like three four years ago I had the uh uh the riff the the um Kiss the Go-Go riff. Mm. I recorded that. I remember I, I recorded that around the same time I was doing demos for Meliora. Okay. I had that sort of riff. That bit. And it was just 20 seconds of music that I had just recorded on my computer at home. I am very bad at anything technical, so it's sort of crude sounding and... Not even sort of quantized drums, as they say. It's more like a track with me playing, like, yeah. Um, That's great, though. Uh, yeah, it, but it, but it, you know, the, the 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 song had a swing to it, and um, I'm trying to to piece things together. I mean, the uh, the whole throwback thing. Uh, came to me a couple of years ago where you know originally was Tom Wally saying to me maybe five six years ago what's the story uh what do you mean like yeah well you know we need to um tell some sort of story and since you've made it sort of clear that your story is not what we're telling what do we tell people yeah i was like well i can come up with one <laughs> i guess and that sort of started loosely and then over the years it has been way more um do you find it starts to tell itself it. yes now i think that for in, in my head it's it's pretty clear where it's going whereas i think that the, the most confusing bit is for people trying to follow um um but but as 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 um as a um, uh, part of, of figuring out the story, I was seeing that in order to get it like a, a, a bigger picture of where Ghost originates from within brackets mm. um, and the story behind it, we needed a little bit of a prequel. Yeah. Um, a prequel in order to tell. A flashback. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, it just th that thought happened to coincide with me having a few song ideas that sounded a little bit too uh, niched, yeah, and not necessarily the direction they the, in the direction that I wanted to make a whole record. And luckily, because of of the, uh, the sort of loose nature of of, of what Ghost is, mm. we can jam that in with the you know but it, it sort of with the narrative yeah. with the narrative and framing that so that instead of excusing yourself saying like oh here's two 60s sounding songs uh, you can sort of deliver it in a little bit more of a artful and humorous way yes yeah that's such a freedom though isn't it oh it's fantastic because I mean the amount of work to get to that point is ridiculous I think 
Right. <laughs> but now, it's it's it's. You know, when when we were growing up, and and bands would put out albums, and um. I don't know. I don't want to mention Cold Lake, but you know, when when somebody would put out a record that seemed so at odds with what you expected the band to be, and right, and it was so jarring. Whereas this is like, I feel with what you've built, you 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 have license to just. I mean, you do anyway because it's your band. But do you know what I'm saying? It, to the you fan can get base, away with it as yeah, well. Yeah, you have the license to to go wherever you want with it. Yeah, which must be really freeing. It is, but you, you, you need to have, um, without mentioning Cold Lake, you have to have that in, 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 your, in the back of your mind that there's definitely a zone that is too far. Yeah. You know, that, what that, would that be, do you think? Uh, not mentioning the record again. Mm. I, I'd say that that would be one. Oh, he, he regards that. I think I have a friend that actually when they met Tom they got took out all their records to be signed yeah and he he went through them and he signed all the records and he got to that and he just wrote in massive letters in sharpie abomination across right. his own record which yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. fantastic but um, I, I mean I um, <laughs> I think that to be fair I believe that it's it's important to keep things in perspective and I I, I, I think that um, when you are a young band uh, in 1988 and uh, you're you're touring you're making a record a year mm. um, and uh, you're trying to do you know they obviously they they they're, they they didn't have the the luxury of hindsight so yeah. I, I think that they didn't know what they were doing and that is something that I try to keep in mind like it definitely appears that way yeah well you, but, yeah. you want to there are other examples of other bands, of course, that that, hmm. that that sometimes you just sort of step away so far from your your you know your your thing that essentially you it's kind of like when you if if you have an old wooden boat and you if you change every plank on that boat is it the same boat that sort of argument hmm. yeah um and um. Therefore, and this is this is where it may become a little bit fuzzy and and unclear what I'm talking about because I I you know I as high regard as I hold a band like Pink Floyd or or Genesis or bands that are super super artful and super in the forefront of just constantly pushing their art and expression as far as they possibly could. I definitely believe that you should be influenced by ACDC as well. Yeah. Uh, and keep them in mind. You yeah. know? Yeah. And now it sounds like I'm sort of painting a picture of this. That They're not polar opposites, but their, their approach in writing, you know, where, 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 where Pink Floyd is Stanley Kubrick, ACDC is a little bit more Woody Allen. And... You know, <laughs> or another director. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. No, but but you know, it, it's yeah. a little bit more traditional. There is a certain degree of their DNA is very strong, and they're not afraid of procreating more kids that look exactly, yeah. uh, you know, that looks from the same broke. gene pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and uh, so where do you where do you see um, where do you see it going then with Ghost? I 
I try to have my my ACDC on my one shoulder just you know remember where mm. you are yeah because me personally artistically with everything that I want to do in my life is not necessarily something that every person into ghost want to follow me of course on through on to what journey whatever you know what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> uh that whatever journey I want to do is is not necessarily something that I can sell to anyone who's interested in in what Ghost is doing. Mm. Um, and I think it is important, um, regardless of whatever commercial level you are at, it's important to remember the um, um, the course of the evening that you've sort of set out to for for your themed party. Yeah, you've invited people to come in. And you have maybe different stations of 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 play uh, of of games, whatever. But it needs to be sort of understandable, and you you need to understand that um, at any given moment, people might leave and and might not be in for it all night. Yeah, they might be liking it in the evening, but they're not in for an all nighter, mm. and definitely not like two a, a two day sort of binge. Yeah, and maybe if you want to do that, maybe you should do that yourself or with someone else yeah and I, I think it's important what I'm trying to say is that you, sometimes when you have a band especially and this is that I think that the, the, the hazards of of uh, when a band becomes sort of a cult mm. not for your fans but for you yeah when a band becomes your gang when a band becomes your band of brothers your blood brothers sisters you know when it becomes such a a sect sort of thing it becomes very sectarian that's also where i think that sometimes bands do uh unwise decisions because they the band is everything to them yeah and they don't realize that sometimes some experiments are actually worth doing technically under another moniker yeah fair um, enough i believe i don't know what this was why we ended up here but uh, but i think that with no i hear what you're saying i also think it's interesting in the sense that um saying that i think this kind of ties in was was when the band first came out and there was the the, the mystique and secrecy around it whenever we would speak mm. i wasn't speaking to tobias as far as the the world would know right has has that um you seem to be enjoying that now that you you are you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, now, I, I, now people are aware of it. Do you think because I think that the band had to be um, maybe established themselves to a certain point before the reveal could be made, and that was maybe not your decision to have done that. Right. But but I think uh, I think you wear it well now. I think that people are, that are so invested in the band are happy about it. Because they're like, yeah, we know, like we always knew, but now we can talk about it. Mm. Do you think? Um, yes, I think so. Mm. Um, if I'm, uh, I I've found new problems with it, problems, but good problems. Every I, every problem is a good problem. Yeah, when you when, when so. you're doing well. <laughs> hmm. Uh, no, I'm just joking because you're, you know, when you're, when you're doing well, when you're successful, uh, your, your, your complaint shares are worth very little. Yeah. You know, if I break a hand, it's never, it never hurts as much on me as it would 
someone who's not successful, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, there, with the, this uh, reformation, there, there are other things that I find not super enjoyable. Um, I, I am not myself a fan of the marriage between who I am hmm. with the ghost universe. Um, I don't like seeing my face in a ghost context. Why? Um, because because ghost I'm is vain. No, <laughs> because ghost is is a whole. Yeah, is everything. Yeah, is that why? I I I've I chose to make ghost uh, and 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 design it in a way that was something that I wanted to see. And I am not uh, as much as, uh, you know, I like talking and I like talking about things and I accidentally sort of start talking by myself. I'm not as fixated about my, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of watching myself. Um, yeah. And um, I don't, I am actually very happy and have been for the last eight years. Um, I'm very happy that my, my, um, um, my my uh, claim to fame artistry is not something that sort of bears is 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 is, is in my with it, with my image hmm. uh, i'm very happy that our lyrics in the, the songs that we're not singing is not ex is, is not necessarily directly from my um uh, diary even they, though there are elements in there but i was going to say but there are there are there are more than you'd think, but it's not... Uh, yeah, I'm fully aware, but I think that... Um, well, that's what I'm saying, again, about saying to, to dress things in an artful manner. It's... um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to sort of... Obviously, you, you have to... You have to... Either way, you most artists, however sci-fi they are, they usually dig where they stand. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you will find inspiration from within... So of course, lyrics, and not only it's not only like songs from Prickell that has been, uh, you know, everybody believes that Square Hammer is about Masons. It's not about Masons at all. No, 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 no. It's it's very Square Hammer was exactly about the same things that I I touched upon in Prickell. Yeah. Um, and there 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 are more biographical stuff in other songs as well but what i'm saying is that i have really i'm really happy that i am not um a, a hundred percent uh personified artist equal to my who i am whatever i'm that i'm not sort of a bruce springsteen sort of type uh who sings and and vocalizes you know the street where I grew up, and yeah. you know that biographically tells that story, because regurgitating that every night would have been vomiting. I, and, and that's why I I struggle with the marriage of me and my persona with my creation. Yeah, because I, you know, when I see, and this is very nice. I mean, a lot of we have. A, a, ton of, of very uh, talented fans and they do make drawings and but then they sort of merge my face with 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 the ghost world and for me that's just like no 
Yeah, but you see why they do it. Uh, yeah, I, it's beyond my control. Yeah, and and that's fine because I know that my everything that I'm doing is, I am probably the only one that regards goes the way that I do. It's something else for everyone else. So what is it for you? Um, this is just a blur. No, <laughs> no, it's it's uh, yeah. What is it? It's um. It's a fantastically elastic box that I can, that I'm trying to think within. Yeah. And uh, it's, Ghost is still today very much what it was in 2008 or nine when I decided to put my eggs in, in that basket, 2009. Um, because it was the the only thing out of my different projects that I had or projects that I had in mind as well that made sense because I could view it uh, objectively. Hmm. And I still look upon Ghost somewhat objectively in a way that I couldn't have done if, if, it, if it was more of a conventional uh, me being on stage singing my songs about my life sort of artist uh, career yeah it's a very magical thing in that sense i believe so um, i believe that you could like if, if you were to look at it in um uh uh like peter lamborn wilson like a temporal autonomous zone where it's 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 its own world and existence that exists outside of your life but it's a it's a means of you organizing things within your life as well perhaps or in the levian sense about building you know, he, he very famously had like a bar in, in the downstairs of, of the Black House in San Francisco where mm. he had mannequins dressed in 50s clothing and they would play 50s music. He would play 50s music in there and he, he, would, he would step into it and it would be him stepping into uh, a, a whole other world where he could exist mm. and live outside of his own life somewhat. Right. Would you say that it's a similar thing to that then? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I deal with, escapism. Escapism. Yeah. I've always done that. But that I, is magic. That is pure magic. Yeah. Well, ironically, I've, I've, I spend most of my time trying to recreate my childhood <laughs> for some reason. Um, but I'm trying to reach... Well, my childhood, the, the childhood that I remember most fondly was when when it was filled with escapism, I guess. Yeah. You know, and... And music must have played a, played a huge role in that. Oh, absolutely. Everything is accompanied by music and, and film and TV and all sorts of distraction. Hmm. Um, but distraction, that is my life. That's how I regard... I, I mean, I can't even be here on this street without thinking about... Jimmy Page living over there and, and, mm. and you know, all the, and Royal Abbott Hall being down there and, you know, yeah. I can't be anywhere like in, in a, a city like this without thinking about the uh, pop cultural significance. And your place within it. Right. But it's very unclear uh, my, my actual, where, where my imaginary, uh, 
existence within it or if it's my actual um presence even pop culture presence if i you know if i go up to camden and see ghost charts all over the place um does that create like a dissonance for you at times <laughs> yeah uh, actually yes sometimes it does you know because it's uh and that dissonance that that's not necessarily like a, a dissonance and negative but it's uh, it's it's kind of hard because hard. yeah it's, it's kind of mind um um expanding because i spent so much time as a child as a teenager as a 20 something thinking about the idea of being um not only famous but part of the pantheon yeah part of the night part of that magic hmm. you know i wanted to merge i still i still want to merge with it i don't know what that is i've, I've been trying to sort of figure out if i'm gonna you know obviously here in london this is, is a different you have different other places but you know that i want to sort of dig a hole in laurel canyon and just start eating the soil <laughs> just to sort of like become one with it yeah for some reason because there's some sort of magnetism in the ground there that just i i just want to be part of but you know you want to merge with that that night that that and i don't know what it is but then i think it wants to be merged with and i think that's how it manifests through people do you think yeah well i, I think it's, it's like it's it's a it's a it's a guy on the on the cart with the whip Right, you know, and and we are literally the horses. Yeah, <laughs> we're being driven, and and you, you want you. I I know what you're saying. You, I think you are part of that. Anyway, you've already reached that. But but as as an artist, you're always gonna be like, oh well, maybe a little bit more. Maybe if I what's over there. Maybe you know. Yeah. Just the satisfaction of just going done it now. Cool. I'm off. Thanks. I did everything. Now I'm gonna go and work in a shop right that not that there's anything wrong in working in shops no but i, I but but i have i have accepted that unless there is some sort of physical alteration me hitting my head again in the uh in the on the floor <laughs> there's a joke in my family or my my mom and my wife always jokes about the fact that when i was um maybe two Two years old or something like that i was sitting on on the couch on the what do you call it, on the on the back of the couch on the back of the couch yeah and all of a sudden i just went feet up bang and i had hit my head on the on the floor uh-huh. uh so i had a i guess a concussion and that's where everything just like mm. <laughs> that's when the window opened and it sneaked in i guess so yeah um because as long as I remember, I've been like this. And uh, I've come to realize and I've come to accept that it will probably never end. You can never... Um, the, uh, the idea of, of reaching some sort of completion, as you said, like a concluding, conclusive yeah. um, craft... I don't think that that will, that will ever happen. No, I don't, and, think, and, I don't and, think it does for any artist. And it's, but the trick is 
navigating it well, right? Nick Cave, I always hold up as a perfect example of somebody that that has been driven by a muse from the start with birthday party where it was just the the reckless nihilistic young teenage fury mm. we were talking about earlier with punk bands and we were saying you know you said yourself that now those things are regarded in in very highbrow terms but but he's navigated it so that now he's just put out Ghost Teen, which is a terribly tragic, beautiful piece of art. Mm. But it, it all fits. He wears it all well because he's as he as he's as he's grown as a person and as he gets older. No one's turning around and going, oh, "You can't really do that anymore," you know. I think he's. That's the trick: is is navigating these things so that you you do continue doing it. In, in whichever form, but one is that it's um graceful. I don't know. He certainly does it gracefully. Yeah. As a parent of twins as well, hmm. you know, my, my uh, I saw him last year and it was, I've, I fear almost going into his realm now hmm. just because it's so, yeah. Oh, God. So, an abrupt end to a great conversation. Uh, thank you to Tobias for taking the time. Thank you to Ollie and Kristen for helping to make that happen. And thank you for listening. Shout out Aston Mics for the stealth mics that I used for this one. Power consumption now noted. The latest Ghost album prequel just got a nice new vinyl box set reissue, which has got a bunch of extras and is well worth tracking down. And you can find the band on socials at the band Ghost. I can be found at Daniel P. Carter. And the pod is at Swim Podcast. Remember, there are 31 other episodes of Someone Who Isn't Me with guests like, who have I had? Uh, Marilyn Manson, Alan Moore, Maynard James Keenan, Chino Marino, Corey Taylor, Mike Shinoda, Laura Jane Grace, Poppy, etc. They're all online for your listening pleasure. Please spread the word amongst your friends and leave a five-star rating and nice review on iTunes. It'll take you two minutes and it'll make all this worth it for me. It's a simple trade-off. Thank you. I'm out. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.